Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. We are back again at South by Southwest, virtually, of course, uh, with film director Martin Edrelin from the film Islands. Um, we're going to get into it in just a minute. But Martin, can you please introduce the film to our listeners? Yeah, it's, um, it's a narrative feature film, Filipino-Canadian and Filipino language, about um, a middle-aged Filipino immigrant who is taking care of his elderly parents and um, is terrified of being alone once his parents pass. Yeah. Uh, this film really hits home. I'm just going to be very, very honest. I, I'm Chinese American, but my mm. two team members here are Filipino American. And um, can you talk about uh, the script of this film and also, um, yeah, just the meat and potatoes of the script? Because again, it really hits home for us. Yeah, well, my parents were retiring and just, you know, getting older. And I was just thinking about what you know, what happens when you hear stories of seniors that retire and then just deteriorate really quickly because, you know, they don't have the same schedules and aren't using their, their minds in the same way. And, you know, being Asian, just being Asian, uh, and we're not the only culture, but, you know, we have this responsibility to take care of our parents. And um, we live in cultures where that's not normal and and also in cultures where our work life is different from where we you know say if we were in Asia where we might not be as busy I mean it's also the times too right that, like things all over the world now are just sort of busier but also in other countries at least in the Philippines you know you have a bigger sort of like network of family or friends or neighbors um, also you know there's there's domestic help but I mean, that's a whole nother mm -hmm. issue, but um, yeah. it's just like Canadian or American culture doesn't really have this sort of system set up for us to, or, or like a way of life that is set up in a way that we can look after our parents or even our kids or anybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have full disclosure with you right now, Martin. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, I lost my dad in December and um, he also dressed as Elvis. I mean, the same outfit. It was wow. ridiculous, except that belt. Your Elvis had a much nicer belt. I'm going to have to ask you about that later. Um, and since then, I have become my mom's full-time caregiver as we, wow. you know, figure out how to go on without him. So um, it took me three hours to watch this film because I kept having to pause it and be like, are you mm -hmm. fucking kidding me right now? You know, um, wow. as Asian-American women we always talk about how important it is to have representation but you hit it a little too close to home I'm just gonna say that um <laughs> but but thank you for wow just getting it so right um so I, I have a three-part question for you um how much of this was based on real life just in terms of like the little everyday things that the little nuances um where can I get that Elvis belt um <laughs> and also are you willing to start a support group with me 
<laughs> if it's just you and me, I don't even care. But I'm like, he gets me. He gets me right now. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll answer all these questions backwards. Yes, support group for sure. <laughs> the belt, the actor is actually an Elvis impersonator. Oh my God. Like, of course. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he does this anymore. I think he's, he's gotten older, but he, he used to go to like those big festivals where everyone's dressed as Elvis. Um, and I kind of knew about him in the community. And, you know, there's not a lot of Asian or Filipino actors here. So I was like, I wonder if he would do it. And we reached out to him. Um, and then knowing he was an Elvis impersonator and Filipinos love for Elvis or anything American, I was like, we need to use this somehow. Um, and then, well, um, I haven't brought this up in any other interview because I just didn't want to go there. But since you brought this up, I also lost my father between finishing this movie and this premiere. So it's just been kind of crazy to think about. I'm writing a movie about, you know, my parents getting old and thinking about taking care of them in old age. And I don't show my parents my movies until I can sit in a theater with them. It's, I mean, for my short films, it was kind of the thing, you know, Asian parents don't want you in the arts. So (laughs) I wanted them to like sit beside me at the Toronto International Film Festival so they could be like, oh, this is real, right? And it's just been a thing, you know, you want people to have that experience on the big screen, but now he's not going to get to see it, you know? And that's, that's sort of been hard. I, that's basically all I've been thinking about this entire festival. It's like, I wish he was here. Um, and just, he had this pride of, you know, seeing my name on the big screen, like it meant more to him than it meant to me. Um, and so, yeah, like, it's sort of weird that, I didn't write any of that into the movie because I wasn't even there yet. Like I was so far from thinking about taking care of my parents. Like this was just in my mind, but now we're in a situation where my mom is alone and my brother's actually there. He's been staying with her during the pandemic and she's, you know, she's very healthy still like very healthy for her age. Um, But yeah, it's just been weird to like, I've been sort of detached from the movie since we finished it, but now Mm -hmm with the festival, you know, I've been, I talk about it and I'm, my head's back in it. And it's amazing to think like from, you know, a year or two years ago to where my life is right now. Um, but I, you know, I mean, this, it's just life. Right? Yeah. Um, and thank you for sharing that. And, and thanks Ange for being so vulnerable. I know this she was texting me while she, she watched the film first and she's like, I need to walk away. I need a beer. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I watched it yesterday and I was texting her. I'm like, I don't even know how you watch this film, but it is, I think it's such a beautiful film. And um, I want to talk about the casting process because man, Joshua really had to go there like full vulnerability. And I, I thought his casting was amazing. And I loved Marisol. So, I mean, I love the whole cast, but can you talk about the casting process? Yeah, we, um, we started on social media. Like we knew we couldn't go the traditional route of getting like a casting director or looking at the, the union. Cause there's just not a lot of Filipino actors. And then especially at that age range mm-hmm. and even the younger ones, a lot of them don't speak Tagalog. So um, we started on social media. I would like show up at any Filipino event. Like there might be a documentary (laughs) screening or like a a pop-up for like Filipino pastries. And we would just hand out flyers. (laughs) We went to Seafood City 
I know they have oh, it in LA yes. or somewhere in yes. California. And handing yeah. out food. That's the key. <laughs> Anyone's heart. <laughs> well, we were just, yeah, we would stand outside giving casting flyers outside Jollibee. Um, yeah, we did a lot of work in the end. Everyone came through social media. We didn't have to do all that driving and running around, but um, it was fun. It, it was kind of fun for me to connect with these communities. Oh, and I would show up to senior dance classes and that was my favorite part. Oh, yes. They're so yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Well, in, in light of, you know, these attacks that are happening in the AAPI community um, and what, you know, what we're all going through, it seems like this film is just so much more necessary right now. And we forgot to mention you're the first Filipino film in the narrative feature section of South by Southwest ever. So that's a huge feat, you know, in and of itself. But um, yeah, in light of just what we're all going through and feeling in the States, at least, you know, I know in, in Canada, you, you, you're you supportive, uh, healthier brother, big brother <laughs> to the US, like, oh, sorry, you guys can't get it together down there. You know? <laughs> but um, what do you want people to take from this film in terms of just being an immigrant and being an Asian, not Asian American, but, you know, first generation Filipino. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, before those events, I was just thinking about, you know, telling a, a Filipino story. I was born in Canada um, and I just, I wanted some sort of, I don't know, to dig into my roots. You know, I think that our generation of either you grew up from a very young age in Canada or the US or you were born here, I feel like we're like really clawing to connect to something that feels like us or something more familiar to us in our culture. Um, and then, yeah, just humanizing us. And, and, you know, I think that's a thing that it took me a while to realize that, you know, if we don't see ourselves, it, it makes you feel like you don't really belong in the big conversation, right? Um, and now in light of the events, you know, it's been sort of hard to promote the film and celebrate the film. You know, it's like, I feel like I'm taking up space, but um, I, I think it was someone that was posting in some of the threads about the film on online or on Facebook that this is all we can do. Like we have to tell our stories. Right. And so I've been trying to think about it that way. And then I guess, you know, having these conversations, we can keep just keep talking about it as we also promote the film and make sure that the stories get out there. Yeah, um, I, I, was in a, I was in a work meeting yesterday talking about what's going on um, here in the States and the AIPI attacks. And we're talking about an event and we're going to have some pretty heady Asian Americans talking very, mm -hmm. um, very high level about, you know, the history of all this and I was saying, you know, I, I, I can appreciate that, but I want to celebrate our wins as well. And I want to celebrate our community and I want to celebrate mm -hmm. arts and entertainment and, and food and film. And so um, how has this film been received so far? And um, are you getting a lot of positive feedback? Well, I mean, South by is a huge, huge win for you. So can you talk a little bit more about what the community's feeling and maybe even outside the community, what you're hearing? Yeah, I, I haven't read a single review yet or watched any of these interviews I've done. I'm, <laughs> I'm just not ready to. And I, I'm not sure that that ever helps. But um, 
our team and my partner, my family, everyone is saying across the board, the reviews have been great, uh, which was shocking to me. I, I did expect to get slammed a little bit um, more just because uh, I feel like the South by Southwest Film Festival's programming, are they're usually like really fast paced and funny sort of films, I think, lighter. And this is like a slower movie with no name cast, Filipino cast, Filipino language. I just didn't think people would connect with it, but it seems like they are. And especially the Asian and Filipino audience. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been really great. And just also like, I've done so many interviews now with Asian or, or Filipino journalists. And that has also made me realize how important it is that we need representation in journalism too because they just they understand the film they're asking different questions um and I don't have to explain so much you know there's there's like something so small as um all of the the religious icons in the movie <laughs> where I've had a Filipino journalist say like that's probably like a huge um so it's it would be really symbolic for a lot of other journalists, but for a Filipino, that's just our house. Like that's just decor. <laughs> I know? have some of those, like that holy water <laughs> shaped, like Mary, yeah. the uh, Santo Nino. I have those right. exact statues. My mom has those exact statues right now. Yeah. 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 It was like, <laughs> and they're just like there. And of course they're, you know, they're, they're religious and, and everything, but you know, as a filmmaker, I wasn't like trying to make a statement about Jesus or God or anything, like maybe a little bit, but <laughs> you know, it's just what's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, in, it, it is a film about a Filipino Canadian family, but at its heart, it's just a story of, you know, two very lonely peoples, broken people. And that's something that can connect across the board, especially us, living this life of quarantine for however, who knows how much longer. Um, I feel like you may not be reading the reviews, but it's it's such a relatable film to anyone because, because of that topic alone. So um, I just wanna thank you for putting this story out there and, um, and in a time when we really need it, we really need more stories like this. And I, I think you need to look in the mirror, Martin, because you're so talented and you're like, oh, it's such a, such a typical Filipino. Oh, you know, I thought everyone would hate it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just, yeah, I wasn't expecting much, you know, but really just, I hope you take some time to really celebrate your hard work in oh, this thanks. and, um, you know, leaving your mark in this way. And I hope you continue to make films. Thank you. I really like appreciate that. We're talking to Martin Edgerlin, the director and writer of the film Islands uh, at South by Southwest. So thank you so much for your time and yeah. come back. We, I feel like we need to have like a therapy session. Well, yeah, we're starting good. a group. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sorry. Maybe I'm not it can in be it. part of Bitch Talk. It can be like therapy time with Martin and Angela. Or <laughs> Sorry, great. Aaron. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's the offshoot. Shar can, Shar can join too, maybe if she wants. And take care. You know, your dad was there. My dad was there. My dad. I felt like my dad was saying hi to me while I was watching this movie. So your you know, your your dad is there too. My dad is actually in the movie, which is also crazy. <gasps> which he's um you know um in in the cafeteria 
where yes. they say it's Rocky's birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's Rocky, like that's his actual name. <gasps> and he never made it to that birthday, which is also another crazy thing. Oh my God. All right. Yeah. <laughs> He's what walking out, walking out the door, one of the, the three people. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But you know, uh, he can't see the movie, but I've got him with the movie. Forever. Forever. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. also great. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Take care. Sending you a hug, Martin. I know. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Hugs Sending to you, you a hug. Hugs to everyone. Yeah. 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 If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. Go to Productions.